At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a shit. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Listening to Haney. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, Saturday Strong Edition, number 19. This is a big week this week, number 19, with the great predictor Steve Johnson and also Minnesota Tim Parachka. Tim, number 19 episode. That means 19 weeks in a row we've we put it, we've got a little streak going. What do you think about that? Well, Steve, I'm a little off already because you didn't say three, two, one. Welcome into the Hank Kenny podcast. Can you can you do that over for me, please? Oh, dang, I forgot. Okay, it's got to be official. Okay, wait a second. Three, two, one. Recording. Welcome to the Hank Kenny podcast. Saturday strong edition number 19. It's a big edition. 19 weeks in a row. We've got a streak going. Steve Johnson, the great predictor, along with Minnesota Tim Parachka. And uh, Tim, number 19, what do you think? Steve, number 19. A lot of famous players wore number 19. And Steve, last week, we'll get into the famous players number 19 um, shortly here. But last week, Steve, I was very bitter on the Saturday Strong number 19. and On number 18? Uh, On number 18, 18, you had some some bitterness? I Why? was very bitter to open up the show. I mean, I'm, I, I don't think you remember, but we were talking about 
um, how it didn't go well with Skype, babe, and I, and how it ended. And oh, that's right. That's right. You had off. You had off. Uh, off radio issues is what you had. Yes, I had some off radio issues, and then we talked about that at the beginning of the show because we like to tell like it is. But then I pulled it together. I gathered my emotions, and we delivered an, an amazing episode. Saturday strong episode. Randy Moss and Peyton Manning. Well, you had one of those uh, regroup. It was one of those turning the tide and you you got to your second wind, you regrouped and you, you did a great job. Thanks, Steve. Well, this week, Steve, it's sort of the exact opposite. So I'm past the bitterness of being disappointed and having a broken heart and all of that stuff um, from the previous situation. She's, ama- she's an amazing girl, but it just didn't work out. But this week, Steve, it's a different story. Okay. This week, I'm a little overwhelmed by the amount of messages I am texting with a couple of different women. So, Whoa, you're a two-timer now? Yeah, and I'm struggling with that, Steve, because Hank likes to have irons in the fire. That's what he's always told me, have irons in the fire. But I'm not really an irons in the fire kind of guy. I like to have my entire focus on one woman. And the reason why I want my focus on one woman is because is strictly because I can learn about her. I can find out about her. I can figure out what she's like. I can figure out what they're like. What I don't want to happen, Steve, is I'm talking to this one girl. Okay. And then I'm like, oh yeah, your favorite thing was this, right? When it was really that other girl's favorite thing. And then I'm like, uh Oh, so I do have irons in the fire. I am trying Hank's strategy Wednesday. So we're recording on a Thursday morning. Wednesday was a big day in Minnesota Tim's life. Two women texted me on Wednesday. I got oh, two man. numbers. We were texting for most of the day. So I'm uh, I'm a little overwhelmed by women right now. Yeah, you better start taking notes on each of these gals because you know you don't want to mix and match. And, you know, if someone is a, is a, likes reading books and you start talking about books, you say, oh man, that, that was the wrong one. You don't want to do, you don't want to confuse the issues. So you better start taking some notes. Uh, you got to keep us informed on it. And, uh, wow. Just think if you went from last week, major lows to now you're, you're living the dream. You got uh, two girls there. Yeah. I got the astronaut. She texted me. And, um, we were talking a little bit and, um, this other one is awesome as well uh, she's, uh, I don't know what her nickname is yet. Um, I, I think she's Mrs. Honest. She's very refreshingly honest. So I'm going to call her honest. Okay. Very good. Very good. You got to yeah. keep us informed on that, Tim. And, uh, let's, let's get to, let's get to the show here because our listeners, they want to, they're thinking about what number 19 is could be our favorite. There's a lot of number 19s, just like you said, all sports. You've got football, basketball, uh, soccer. Is, is very 19 is a very popular number. I'm looking on this list here, and this is episode 19 of the Saturday Strong. And back in the day, you know, I'm from San Diego. We've talked about that. And the San Diego Chargers had a, a receiver, a wide receiver, number 19 back in the day. This is way, way, way before your time. And I was a young man back then, young boy probably. And his name was Lance Allworth. And blonde hair, long blonde hair, great receiver. 
Uh, Lance Allworth, he was number 19. He's got to be one of my favorites. Uh, your, your sport, basketball, New York Knicks, one of the most famous all-time New York Knicks, Willis Reed, he was number 19. You've got in baseball, another San Diego guy, played at San Diego State University. This guy was very versatile. He played basketball. He was the point guard on the team, and he also played baseball, ended up being a Hall of Fame baseball player. Um, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn was number 19. And then we get into my sport, not golf. There's no number 19s in golf. But uh, one of my pastimes, I, I love watching hockey, love going to hockey games. Joe Sackick, he was uh, number 19, Colorado Avalanche. And perhaps, I told you about the Scotty Bowman sitting next to him at a hockey game and hoping to learn stuff, and all he wanted to do was talk about golf. I asked Scotty Bowman who was the best player that he ever coached. And he's coached a lot of great players. Uh, the guy's won many Stanley Cups. But he said, this one guy that he coached, he said, you wouldn't think that he was really uh, uh, the type of body type to be a great hockey player. He's kind of a small guy, but very smart guy. Um, understood the game, could move. And his name was Steve Iserman, best hockey player Scotty Bowman had ever coached. And we can remember when he went to the uh, White House, Steve Iserman, the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup. They got to go visit the president. And the president at the time was Barack Obama. And he called him Iserman, Steve Iserman. And I thought, man, come on. Come on, Barack. Get the names right. Steve Iserman, one of the best hockey players ever. Now he's a general manager of, I think it's a Tampa Bay Lightning, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm guessing again. You got to fact check me there, Tim. Who's your favorite number 19, Tim? Well, you mentioned Willis Reed. Um, I kind of zoned out there. I don't know if you mentioned Tony Gwynn or Johnny Unitas yet. Um, so those are some of my, I mean, I've never watched Johnny Unitas. I never watched Willis Reed. So my favorite number 19 of all time, I can remember a few of his at-bats at the end of his career because he was one of the best, Tony Gwynn Sr. Okay. All right. Good guy. Good guy. Yeah. I mean, he was a very talented player. And you, and you did check out because I told you that he was a two-sport letterman at San Diego State University, basketball and, and baseball. So that's it for the uh, Saturday Strong introduction of no, episode number 19. Now we got to get to... Got to get to... I was, I was on a couple times again this week. And uh, I was on the Thursday Hank Haney podcast. And I got to tell you, I felt like I uh, got ambushed a little bit on that episode, Tim. Uh, you guys started a new segment and you laid it on me right at the beginning of the show. You remember that what that segment was? Yes. Who? What does the great predictor know? What does Steve know? And it was uh, kind of a sarcastic poke at Steve, the great predictor. And that leads me into a story about Hank. Uh, you want to hear this story? I know how you love stories, Tim. I do love your stories, Steve. They are good. Yeah. So, and this is, I mean, this is not, no, I'm not, you know, how I love Hank, but he's, he does some really funny things. I mean, he's an intense guy too. He coached for six years. He coached the Southern Methodist University men's golf team. And, uh, 
he was time for him to move on, and he named the, the next coach. He brought in the next coach. The guy's name was Jay Lore, good guy, had two young sons that uh, uh, both played college golf, both played professional golf, uh, very accomplished golfers, the Lore family. Jay was actually considered by, I think it was either Golf Digest or Sports Illustrated, father of the year. I mean, he that's a great honor. But he was the coach of the team, and we had two of my students happen to be part of the Southern Methodist University team. Their names are, are, are Will Dodson, a great student, uh, really great overachiever in college. And then another guy by the name of Brock Mulder, who had a lot of talent. He was a long hitter. They were out at our golf ranch one time. This is after Hank had, had uh, retired its coaching, and these two guys were still on the team. And they were talking about the coach's decision to play uh, one guy and not play another guy in this squad. One guy wasn't playing very well. And they were pretty critical of uh, the coach. And Hank happened to walk up. And I was standing there listening to these guys. And I said, hey, Hank, these guys uh, they, they have a problem with Jay. And so they listened to, Hank listened to their their beefs. And Hank got this look on his face. Now, back in the day, this was a while ago. I mean, this is back early 2000s. Hank would get this look on his face and you could tell that he was about to blow a gasket. And I thought, oh man, you guys just opened up a can of worms here and uh, Hank is going to give you a little, uh, little life lesson here. So Hank got this look on his face and he says, uh, let me tell you boys something. Your coach may not know shit, but I'll tell you one thing. Will, you and Brock, you don't know shit either. He said, me, I know shit. Steve, he knows shit. Jay may not know shit, but I guarantee you, you guys don't know shit. And I thought, oh my God. <laughs> this went on for about 10 minutes. And that was the great, that was the great lesson of who knows and who doesn't know shit. And I thought that was a great, that was a great <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, at the time it wasn't funny, but when you look back on it now, you think, man, that was, you know, the, the bottom line was, and I always tell the students and the guys that work for me, you got to listen to the message. Do not listen to the delivery. Listen to the message. The message was pay attention to what you're in charge of. And I've gotten that lesson from Hank a lot of times. You know, when you talk about, uh, when I'd say, he'd ask me how one of my students doing. I say, you know, gosh, he just doesn't practice that much. And then he'd ask me about another student. I say, you know, his attitude is not very good. And he said, Steve, whose responsibility is it to get him to practice? Whose responsibility is it to get him to have a better attitude? Whose responsibility is that? Yeah, it's yours, Steve. And that's uh, one of the things that has really shaped me and formed me at becoming a coach is that, you know what? The buck stops with the coach. The coach's responsibility is to get results from the student. If the coach cannot get results, the teacher can't get results, that student should be going somewhere else. So you, you, can't, use the, uh, you can't use the tough love all the time. You can't use the encouragement all the time. You got to know what's, what is a coach. You've got to know what is going to motivate that student. And You've got to use a lot of different things. And that's why I've had the luxury of being around a lot of coaches in my life, a lot of great coaches. Ken Hitchcock, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, learned a lot from a guy by the name of Stan Allback, who was a coach at uh, in the NBA. 
Um, my dad was a coach. I mean, obviously, Hank is one of the best coaches I've ever been around. Learned a lot from all of these guys. And the thing is, the buck stops with a coach. You've got to be able to use a bunch of different techniques to get to get the students to do what they need to do to get the results. And uh, that was the the lesson. The you know shit, don't know shit conversa- conversation. Uh, that was the message. I love that story. All right, so Steve, you got you you have piqued my interest here in the in this um, after your latest story there because so this is what's on my mind now. You, you were talking about great coaching, talking about the message and not the way it's delivered. And you know, you were one of the top teachers in Texas, Steve. And I know you as the great predictor. I know you as a radio co-host on Sirius XM, a radio co-host on the Hank Candy podcast. But I've never seen you outside of the radio platform. I, I don't talk to you outside of the radio platform. I mean, we talk sometimes. Um, I mean, we talk about life during the podcast, before and after the podcast and stuff like that. But I, I don't physically get to see you on the driving range, at the golf ranch, coaching students, helping them out, helping them get better swings, helping them lower their scores. So I'm curious, Steve, what are you like out there on the driving range? Are you a positive, uplifting coach standing there with a sign like I am? Are you telling them like it is? Are you being harsh sometimes? What are you like as a coach while you're improving um, somebody's golf game? Well, I mean, it's a very simple in the analysis. I mean, my tr- the, the way I've been trained to analyze swings, first of all, we look at what the ball's doing. And, and you know what? It's funny that you bring this up because I, I have a 10-question quiz that I'm going to give our instructors at the training today. And that's one of the questions is, what, what do you look for? Well, I mean, so you always look for the ball flight first. What's the ball flight doing? Then you analyze, this is before I communicate with a student. I analyze, okay, what kind of impact with the club face and the path of the swing would create that type of ball flight. And I analyze, okay, wh- how we, what are we going to do? What is the, the fastest way to get the ball doing something differently to fix that big miss? Um, people would tell you that, uh, that I'm encouraging. Like I, would, I can tell if someone's trying or someone's not trying. And like with some of my students, Tim, I'd say, Way to go on that one. That, that was a great, that was a great, great swing on that one. No matter what the ball flight did. Because I can tell if they're trying. I can tell that they're 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 making an effort to get it done. And I know if they keep doing it, the ball flight will get better. Sometimes when students change things, just small little things feel like huge changes. And so I just try to encourage them, hey, just feel it more exaggerated. Keep trying to feel it. You've got to feel an exaggeration of almost a foot or two feet to make an inch or two inch difference in the way it looks. So our style of teaching, and it's very difficult to do it right now, is to move the student around. We get close to them. We move the club. We move them so they can not only understand what they're trying to do, but they can put that understanding into a feel. And if they can feel it, if they understand it, if they can feel it, then they're very close to executing it on their own. So, I mean, a lot of people would tell you that I'm an encourager, but at the same point, that only goes so far. Uh, Sometimes you got to tell it like it is that, hey, it doesn't look like you're paying attention. It looks like you've lost your focus. Uh, Let's regroup here. Um, 
people are, tend to be very hard on themselves. So if they're being hard on themselves, I'm going to try to be an encourager. Uh, if they don't listen, if that's my responsibility to get them to listen, remember, Tim. So I'll do what I need to do to get them to listen. Uh, with some of the tour players, uh, I've got the tough love is, is you can't go with that technique every time, but you can go with it occasionally. And, oh, that's uh, my Jimmy John's order. I've got to, I'm going to unplug that phone there. So what, what can I order for you, Steve? What can I make for you? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm doing delivery now just because uh, it's been slow here. And uh, we all know that you been, you were a, a professional Jimmy John's delivery order. So I just picked Jimmy John's just uh, at random. But uh, I unplugged the phone, so we're not going to get the phone anymore. Sorry. They, they, they're they going to have to get their sandwich somewhere else. <laughs> um, the uh, You use a lot of different techniques. The thing is, you know, I want the student to know that I, I care about what they're doing. I, I want We want to see results. If the student doesn't see some type of hope and results in the hour lesson or 30-minute lesson, however long it is, then I feel like I haven't done my job. Um, sometimes the lessons do tend to run over because I want to make sure they get it, especially if the student is coming from a distance. And, and I know that student's going to be on his own for a while. Um, the best teachers go at a pace where the student can enjoy the game while they're doing the process. The less experienced teachers, what you'll, you'll tend to see, Tim, is you'll tend to see an inexperienced teacher give the student way too many things to think about. And so when the wheels start falling off, the student doesn't know what to fix. He's got so many things he's thinking about. And you'll hear that sometimes. Oh my gosh, I've got so many things going through my head. Well, I say, well, what's going through your head? We were only working on one thing. You should be focused on one or two things and that's it. If there's a lot of things going through your head, there's some things getting in there that we didn't introduce in this, uh, in this lesson. So um, I, think you, I think you would characterize my teaching as mostly overall encouraging, but I feel like I'm a cheerleader most of the time, getting them to, okay, come on, let's exaggerate this. Let's, let's see what's going on. And uh, we just pay attention to the ball flight. The ball flight will tell you everything. Uh, technology is great, but it, it can't, you, it's, it's second best to watching what the ball's doing. You just gave me a whole lot of information, and with that information, we're going to take a quick break here. One of our sponsors is Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Check out VoodooPainRelief.com right now for a free two-week supply. You've heard Hank talk about it. You've heard Steve talk about it, and you've heard me talk about it. And the overwhelmingly message, that didn't make sense, the overwhelming message is that Voodoo Pain Relief Cream works. And not only are you hearing it from us three, but Hank reads these email testimonials. People don't have to send in these emails. People don't have to send in these tweets. They're sending him emails. They're sending him tweets. They're saying it works, and they are ordering again. But right now, it's a free two-week supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. It's that easy. No wakes, no pains. Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Go to VoodooPainRelief.com right now. Tim, right, can I we... can I interject something really quick here, Tim? Yes, sir. Voodoo pain relief cream. You trying voodoo pain relief cream is just like a lesson. You want to see results right away. And so we offer free video analysis. It's free. 
just to see if we can we can help you with your game. Hank's offering you free voodoo pain relief. Just try it one time and see if it works. If it works, you're going to be sold on the fact that, hey, you know what? When I go out and I I, I do real work out in the yard or I'm, uh, I'm overtraining or I kink my neck while I'm sleeping, I can rely on the voodoo pain relief cream because it does work. Love it. All right. When we come back on the Saturday Strong episode number 19, so it's funny, Steve. We came into this podcast in our podcast meeting we talked about for five minutes, and we said, man, we don't know what to talk about. We don't know shit. And then it's amazing how the human brain can just take off with information. When we come back, science, swing thoughts, and the instructional quiz, that's next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Hank Haney Podcast, Saturday Strong Edition. Steve Iserman. No, wait a second. That's Iserman. Iserman. Come on, Barack. You got that wrong. Steve Iserman, hockey player and famous number 19. Johnny U. Johnny Unitas. I mean, a lot of these 19s are guys that were before both of our time, way before your time. I can remember Johnny U. Baltimore Colts. Great quarterback. Back in the day, they had, you know, uh, the quarterbacks, their face shield on their helmet was just like one bar across the across the middle. So a lot of the defensive linemen would get in there and put their hands right in the, the Johnny U's face and all that, mess them up. Yeah, well, they used to just have leather, Steve. I mean, that was back when, when uh, Gerald Ford was playing, I think. I, I don't think Johnny U wasn't playing with leather helmet. All right. All right. So I tease science, swing thoughts, and the instructional quiz. I, we'll get into the instructional quiz later. I want you to quiz me, see how well I do on that. Um, okay. So science, Steve, What? tell me if I'm wrong here, but let me rant on for, I don't know how long this is going to be. 
could be 30 seconds, could be a minute. So when I'm on the golf course and I'm feeling my feels and I'm feeling my swing and I'm looking at what I'm doing, I'm looking at what my ball flight's doing. And then I see a lot of people sending in their tweets to Hank. Hey, you know, I'm pulling the ball to the left. I'm pushing the ball to the right. I'm slicing. I'm shanking. I'm hooking. I'm dubbing. I'm worm burnering. And the, the, the thing that immediately comes to my mind, Steve, is that the game of golf is very much like science. If you're pushing the ball, your club face is pointed to the right or your path is pointed to the right. It's not right, obviously. It's well, it is right, but it's not right, if that makes sense. If you're pulling, <laughs> you, you mean correct. correct. Right. It's not correct. Yes, it's, it, yeah, Absolutely. it's going right, but it's not right. It, it's not right. correct. If you're pulling the ball, that's clearly going to the left. So you clearly got to do something with your backswing. You got to do something with your wrists. What I do, Steve, when I play golf, is that if I'm pulling the ball to the left, and if I'm pushing the ball to the right, the thing that I immediately look at isn't necessarily my swing path, but it's my wrists. And I'm looking at where my wrists are at impact. Are they turned in? Are they turning the club in? Or are they pushing the club out? So curious, Steve, is golf like a game of science to you? You know what? You are so far ahead of the game in terms of analyzing your own your own uh, swing and ball flight and what you need to think about. Because most people, Tim, most people even that send in videos to us at golfschools at hankhaney.com, they'll send the video in and we'll say, analyze your big miss. Tell us your big miss. And they'll say, hey, my head is tilting or my right knee is coming out or my, my right heel is coming up too soon. And I'm thinking, you are so far removed from what the club face and the path and the impact is, I've got to, I've got to educate this student and saying, hey, you know what? Those may be things that you notice, but they're not. there's not really a direct cause and effect by a right knee shooting out and the ball flight that you're, you're tending to hit. So you're way ahead of the game by just focusing in on, Hey, what is what, What's the impact? What I'm solving, always constantly solving for the impact. The ball started right and was curving, right? Well, the curve, right is caused by the face being open to the path. So the face open to the path causes the curve to the right. And then the ball starting to the right 70% of where that ball starts out is where you're contacting on the ball with the club face. Hey, I must have hit too much on the near side of that golf ball. And that's the reason it started to the right. So it started to the right because I hit too much on the near side of the ball. I didn't hit the back of the ball or the outside part of the ball. I hit the near side and the face was open to the path. That's a great indication on, hey, this is what I need to focus on. When people go to the body first, they focus on what the body is doing. Their assumption is if they do something different with the body, it's going to affect the club face. Hey, that is, that may or may not happen. And when I'm working on a golf swing, I want to go with something that will definitely, absolutely affect that ball flight the very next swing. So you got to go to what, what is a club doing? What's a face looking like? What's the path look like? And what, what's the ball telling us? So, I mean, you are way ahead of the game and it is science because anyone that delivers the club face open to the path is going to slice anyone, regardless of what their body's doing. So 
It is science because it can be repeated. Anyone that delivers the club close, club face close to the path that they're, that they're swinging on. The ball is going to cook. It's going to curve to the left. A right-handed golfer is going to make it curve to the left, regardless of what your handicap is. Anyone that hits it high is hitting it high because they're adding loft to the club face in some part of their, their impact delivery method. Um, occasionally, a high shot would be caused by a ball teed up too high or a ball that's hit on the top of the driver. You got any of those idiot marks on the top of your driver, Timmy? <laughs> I probably have a couple of them, yes. Okay, well, that's that's typically... The ball flight is high because you're not even hitting the ball on the club face. You're hitting the ball on the top of the club, uh, and that would be a pop-up. That typically happens because the club's coming down on too steep of an angle, or you're just teeing the ball up way too high. So it is scientific. There is science there. All right, so here's a question, Steve. So is it wrong for me to be more focused on the club face than I am the path of my swing? No, not at all. The club face is probably the most important because where you, what the club face looks like at impact is going to have about a 70% impact on where that ball starts out. So um, the club face first, then the path second. Sometimes the path influences how you can bring the club in to the ball. Like someone that tends to be on too steep of an angle tends to swing down and to the left. A right-handed golfer that tends to swing from out to in that club face is going to tend to, to deliver itself open. The only reason being is because you, if you're swinging from out to in with a square club face, it's hard to get the ball up in the air, let alone a club face that's closed to that path. So typically, when a, a path of the swing is too much out to in, the face is going to tend to be open. So, no, club faces, I, I would continue to focus your concentration, your efforts on Hey, what is a what should the what does a club face look like? I can't see it; it's going too fast. But the ball tells you exactly what that club face is doing, and the path is doing every swing. It's telling you; it's giving you; it's giving you direct, immediate, accurate feedback. Is what it's giving you, Tim. All right, I love it. I love the science take there by the great predictor Steve Johnson. All right, when we come back, swing thoughts and the instructional quiz. The great predictor in Minnesota, Tim Parashka. On a Saturday strong, Johnny Unitas. We'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
it. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Hank Haney Podcast, Saturday Strong Edition, number 19, dedicated to Gianluca Zambrotti. <laughs> He's with AC Milan, the famous number 19. Uh, probably not famous here in the United States, but famous overseas. AC Milan, Gianluca Zambrotti. Um, and then we have some other ones. we got Nicholas Backstrom. He was the Washington Capitals. Um, one of your favorites, uh, Bernie Kozar. Cleveland Browns, number nineteen. Remember Bernie? No, I don't. He was a little bit. He was a little bit before your time too. He's a good quarterback. You know, Cleveland Browns, uh, <laughs> not a good team. Not a good team, Cleveland Browns. But uh, anyway, uh, Timmy, uh, you are so far ahead of the game, and I, I'm proud of you because maybe it's uh, Hank's rubbing off on you because when you're out there and you talk about your golf game and you talk about analyzing what you're doing correctly and incorrectly and you paying attention to what the ball is doing and what the impact would need to be to create that ball flight. That puts you so far ahead of the game because most people, as I mentioned earlier, they concentrate on what their body's doing. And the assumption is if your body is doing something incorrectly, it's going to lead to a faulty impact. Uh, Fixing the body, however, may or may not help you with your impact right away. Because the assumption is, hey, if I can keep my left heel down or my right heel down or my knee from popping out or me from coming out of my posture, it's going to fix my bad miss right away. And if you're, if you're a golfer out there that's doing that and you're trying to work on your body and it's not leading to any results in the ball flight, you got to shift gears. You got to go directly to the impact. Um, that's what we do when we're analyzing swings. That's why the students that we help do so well is we're going right to the impact. Not what a look is, not, Hey, you know what? Uh, your pie, you're coming out of your posture. So, uh, we got to work on your posture. If that's not leading to better ball flight, you got to work on something else. So way to go, Tim. I- I'm proud of you. Thank you, Steve. Well, the reason why I come, came up with that idea, Steve, so, in my mind, I guess it's a theory of mine, and I honestly don't think it's much of a theory. I, I, I believe it's more of a fact than it is a theory. Average golfers don't even know what their body is doing in the first place. So, for example, my man Max Homo, you quizzed me on him last week. He does this swing roast on Twitter of average golfers sending in their swings, and he roasts their swing. Well, he roasts their swings because their swings are so bad, and it's hilarious and it's funny, and it's a big bit on Twitter, that's, that's, that's great. But the reason why it's so successful is because average golfers swing suck, and they don't know what they're doing. So why not focus on the impact of the club face on the ball? So that's just kind of the way I thought of it. I mean, 
Average golfers, I honestly don't know what the backswing of my swing looks like, but I do know what the ball is doing, and I can figure out what the ball is doing based on the impact of my club face on the ball. And I think about drivers, Steve, not drivers, golf swings on the PGA Tour. Matthew Wolf, Jim Fierk, there's a lot of, there's a, there's not a lot. There's a few unconventional swings on the tour that you would look at, let's say a 13 year old had, and he'd be like, what in the F is this? But clearly it's successful. So, I mean, that's kind of the way I came up with it. They're delivering the club at the bottom. Their impact positions are very, very similar for those. They're the best players in the world. So there's a lot of different ways to get there. However, there's not a lot of different ways to get there to hit all the shots. We talk about the nine shots, the high, the regular trajectory, the low trajectory, the straight shot, the left-to-right curver, and the right-to-left curver. So you got all those shots. You've got nine different shots. Some techniques can hit the some of those nine shots a lot easier. Some of those techniques that we see cannot hit some of the nine shots, and the players know that. They're limited. The reason Tiger was so good is he always wanted, he always, uh, in his technique and what he was working on, he determined, okay, which one of those nine shots is tough for me? I've got to be able to hit those nine shots. If I hit those nine shots, high, medium, and low, left to right, right to left, straight shots, then I can never get very far off. My swing shape and technique is pretty neutral, and I can get to pins that most guys can't get to. I can curve it. I can I, I can curve it either way. I can hit it high. I can hit it low. And he was powerful. So um, the swing shape and a player's ability to control what he's doing at the bottom is, is key. And uh, you're just going to look at, hey, man, what, what's my weakness? What do I need to fix in my ball flight to go to the next level? And mm. uh, All right. I'm, I'm going to give you, 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 you're analyzing great. Now I'm going to give you um, a little quiz here, Tim. Okay. This is, you're not a, you're not an instructor, but uh, I, I think you could probably answer these questions. Some of these questions are: you see, all of us teachers have been trained by Hank. Um, we all have our own individual styles and and personalities, but the way we analyze a swing and how we go about fixing a swing is very similar. So, in order to to translate. And to educate our, our teachers, we do these trainings, but uh, I thought I'd give them a little quiz this time. So here's question number one for you, Tim. If a student has a strong left-hand grip, one where you can see three or four knuckles on the top of his left hand, we're talking about a right-handed golfer. So a student has a strong left-hand grip, but he hits high slices. What would you fix first? Oh, that's a good question. A strong left-handed grip. So strong left-handed grip would tend to produce hooks. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I was thinking. So that that that's the, that's the immediate thought that went into my mind. So a strong left-handed grip would fix would create hooks because I did the backswing. And I'm like, man, that would pull the club. So yeah. Um, it seems like the right. So for me, I'm holding out the club in my hand, pretending. I don't have a club in my hand, but I'm pretending. And the the issue for me, it seems like the right hand gets like pushes the club to the right almost. It pushes the club face to the right. It seems like it gets like almost in my mind too far under 
and then it pushes. Okay. Well, here, here's what, here's, as from a teacher's perspective, here's what you need to do. If a guy has the, the biggest mistake he's making is that that left hand grip is too strong and he's not hooking it. You've got to show him how to square the club face up correctly so that strong left hand grip would create a hook. And once he creates that hook, then you can fix the grip. So you, we're always going directly to the impact. If everything else is correct and you're, um, and the ball should be hooking because you're gripping, it's not. For some reason, that hand is not squaring up correctly. You sh- that's the first thing you do. Now, you may have to do other things too, but you want the ball flight to match what the grip is looking like. Okay, now, question number two. Um, this is a philosophy question. Hank always made an assumption about every student he helped, no matter what the setting. What is that assumption? And a lot of teachers don't do this, Tim. I'm going to give you the answer here. A lot of teachers don't do this. If it's a quick tip, if the student is just a beginner, if the student is just, uh, you know, an occasional golfer, some instructors would, would uh, you know, give that student not quite the attention as the students that, that are more serious. So Hank always made the assumption, no matter what the student looked like, how the student ha- was presented to him, Hank's assumption was he assumed that that student wanted to be the best that they could be, regardless of what the setting. So we taught him all the same way. Hank went all out with every student, whether it was a, a swing tip, uh, whether the person, uh, is this was their first lesson. Hey, this is, Hank assumed that this person wanted to be the best that they could be. So his his lessons were always Hank would concentrate real hard just to try to make sure that the student knew exactly what he needed to do to fix his big miss. Okay. I think I gave you this answer before, but uh, this is a, uh, the last one of the last questions on the, the list. What do marks on the top of the driver face tell you about a student's swing shape? Ah, oh, yeah, you did say that. It, it, you said it's like too wide or something. It pops okay. up. said so it's too steep. Like the, the approach yes. of the club head to the ball is on too steep of an angle and the ball doesn't even hit the club face. It hits the top of the club and it pops it up. Now, Jeez. occasionally, occasionally that could happen because the, the ball is teed up way too high. But typically, if you've got those marks on the top of your club, it's because that club head is coming down on much too steep of an angle. And uh, you got to fix that. That's what you got to fix. Okay. One more thing before we go. So I tease swing thoughts, Steve, and you mentioned that instructors that aren't experienced give way too many swing thoughts, give way too many things, send way too many signals. It's like a girl sending me a vibe and then I don't know what to think of it. So your thoughts, um, what, what kind of swing thoughts, Steve, are you delivering that are simple, easy, and understandable for the average player? We do focus mostly on the impact. I show them what the club face when they're rehearsing. It's just like uh, practicing martial arts. We try to make small, slow practice moves to affect what the impact is like. It makes the feel of the swing so much different. So the student has to go slowly with it so he can see, he can validate with his eyes what he's feeling in his hands and his body. Um, I will move the club and show them, hey, this is where you're, this is where the club face needs to be or needs to feel. If the club face is here, you're not going to hit that high slice to the right. You may hit another worse bad shot, but it's not going to be the high slice to the right. So just moving them around, 
getting them to understand, getting them to feel, see, and understand what they're trying to do. And then most of all, getting them to see the results. And uh, that, that's the formula for a good lesson. Love it. All right. Golf schools at HankCandy.com, right, Steve? Golf schools at HankCandy.com. One swing. Tell us what your big ball flight miss is, not what you're feeling, not what the, the left heel is doing. What is the ball doing? Down the line, that was that's a swing. You wouldn't believe how many students still send the front view of, of their videos is the front view. The down the line is one where I can see the target. I can see where you're aiming. I can see your swing shape. I can see everything. I can see the start of the ball flight as well. Uh, that's the down the line view. That's what we need. Just one swing, not slow motion, just regular raw video. Golf schools at hankhaney.com. Within 24 hours, you're going to get the start of a great game plan. Golf schools with an S at hankhaney.com. VoodooPainRelief.com. Free two week supply. Follow Hank on Twitter at hankhaney. Follow Steve on Twitter at Stevie Ray J. Follow me on Twitter at Tim Parachka. We appreciate you making the Hank Candy podcast a part of your day. You can email the show also, hankcandygolf.outlook.com. And remember, just because you don't know shit doesn't mean you can't learn shit. We appreciate you making the Hank Candy podcast a part of your day. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.